0: Hello everyone. Welcome to Tales of Recovery. And the talk today is about numbing. I have these little cards. I don't know how they're gonna come up on the other side, but numbing, trauma, anesthesia. I recently posted a lot of little videos about feeling sensations in the body because that's what we do at these death cafe grief circles that um, my friend Sarah and I host once a month. And what we've we've been working on because it's been developing throughout the past three years. Death Cafe started as a thing where we just, you know, came in to talk about our, our, our ideas about death, our fears about death, our beliefs about afterlife or whatever, and about being alive and so on and so forth. But then my mom got really sick. Sarah's dad kept getting iller. And it is now turning more into a space where we collectively practice grief and we share from our hearts. Um, and we're coming back to earth-based Old, old school ancestral ways of really allowing to feel and to grieve and to have different types of meaning making rituals that allow us to um, alchemize and process our pain and then turn it into praise and into be an ability of staying alive and enjoy and um, and and to balance those two out, to not be always grieving and depressed and not to always be bypassing and pretending you're perfect and spiritual because that doesn't exist. And so these cafes came about because um, the part of what we do is an embodiment practice, right? And a lot of my work is embodied consciousness, which is, I mean, you can call it yoga. You can call it mindfulness. You can call it uh, being aware that you have this body, this organic computer that talks to you and that wants to protect you and wants to have you thrive and wants to have you enjoy life. But there's so many things that get in the way of that happening. And the first one that I want to talk about here is is trauma. There's three words. You know, there's trauma, numbing, and anesthesia. And when I put out these videos to talk about one of the things that happens at Death Cafe was, hey, you know, we need to listen to our bodies because our bodies are communicating to us. And we really aren't taught that. We, we don't really get emotional intelligence classes at school or in our society. We're getting a lot more now, but if you're my age or, you know, and then you have kids that maybe even if they're younger and you aren't doing this work and you're my age, we're not transpassing that wisdom to the kids. Maybe schools, I don't know. But um, the intelligence of our bodies, of our emotions and these signals that we don't really know how to listen to this. One of the girls asked me a question from the, Well, it was actually several people that asked, how do I listen to my body? Um, Like, how do I know what my body is communicating to me? And of course, it takes practice and it's not a simple thing. We think it's a simple thing, right? I'm hungry. I'm going to eat the food. I'm listening to my body. Um, I'm I'm tired. I'm going to go take a nap. I'm listening to my body. I have to pee. I'm going to go to the bathroom because I'm listening to my body. But how many of us bypass all of those messages? You're hungry, but you're not going to eat because you're trying to lose weight, but you have to finish this project first and you're just on a adrenaline rush. You're tired. You need to take a nap, but you can't. You can't nap because you got to keep on going because you got to get this thing then because so-and-so is going to come in and you need to be done by the time they come in and I'll sleep when I'm dead kind of mentality. I have to pee. I'm gonna to go to the bathroom, but not right now because I have to do other things and we, we lose we've given up the 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 power to stop and pause and listen to our bodies because we have been taught to numb out and to bypass our needs because we're in such a culture of rush, 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 go, go, go. And because of trauma. So here's my little trauma, trauma. What is trauma? It's, uh, let me see if I can take these off because it's really hot in here. Um, the trauma is the word for a wound, right? It's, it's, it's when you've been hurt, right? Like there's a trauma when you break a leg, you've broken your leg, there's trauma to the bone. Now you have to put it back together and wait for it to heal. And it may or may never heal back to the way it was before it got broken. It may heal even better. It may be even stronger. You don't know, but that's trauma. It's like a broken part, something that was taken out of its natural state. And the the way, you know, people are throwing trauma left and right, um, is okay. You know, we're, we're all learning, we're all talking about it. But there's also a responsibility of us to realize um, um, that we can talk about trauma all we want and want to just blame it all on the trauma. But most of what we, what we, what, I, what I wanted to talk about with this one person that asked me, how do I listen to my body? Um, we have to first stop numbing it. And that's the other little card here. Numbing, 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 numbing. Because what we do with trauma, and it's like an early wound, for example, your dad never told you you were beautiful as a little girl, or some assholes at school called you ugly or fat, and you know. Or I'll, I'll give one of my examples. They used to call me surfa and I thought that was really cool, and because I'm a surfer girl. No, they called me surfer because I was like this little stick, and in the culture that I grew up in, that wasn't that wasn't considered attractive, right? To be skinny like a little stick. And so my trauma learning out of that was fuck. Eat more, go to the gym, work out, punch it out um, so that you can have this voluptuous body because, you know, you're too skinny, you're a little surfer. And and, and the other way, you know, people could be like, well, you're too fat, you got to lose weight. And so this whole thing about not accepting and enjoying and really loving your body in a healthy, conscious way. And we're going to, and Lunita's coming on here um, I think tomorrow, in the, in the next couple of days here, to talk about that as well, which will be a great um, podcast, too. But the, the way that we are wounded, if we're not careful, and society by its very nature traumatizes people. I mean, we live in a society that doesn't, this is what Ga- I've heard the board say. say, doesn't value the human values of empathy and compassion and connection and community, right? The society values aggression. Um, exploitation of people, uh, individualism, using other people to get, you know, higher up on the ladder or better in this or that. And so we don't have uh, much of a, to say much of a chance, right? I mean, the society is aggressive as it is, even in the most smallest intricate ways in our own families, right? Um, Don't do this. You don't look in the right way. You're not getting these amazing grades. You're not, you know we're not going to have compassion unless you meet these fucking rules and, and and hustle and do what you're supposed to do to have value. When we are already valuable just coming in here into the world and we're beautiful and enough and amazing and none of us really hold on to that because of situations we come into, because of the society, because of trauma, because of it's so much painful and we're not allowed the space to be seen or heard uh, in our own us-ness, is that a word, us-ness, in our own whatever we are. Because we're so tribal that we're constantly trying to make sure, well, I don't want to be too me because then they won't, you know, they might laugh or they might say something. And we get all of this from growing up in our families and not measuring up to whatever your parents or family's expectations of you were. So how do we get back in the body when our body has been having to protect itself from so long because it's trying to be long. It's trying to survive. It's trying to manage these horrible pains and hurts and abuses that maybe we've been through. And, um, there's so much, you know, there, there's so much resistance to beauty in life because our reactions that are driven by our past trauma, are only keeping us in that wheel of the revolving door of pain, the revolving door of mystery, the revolving door of numbing and anesthesia. And so, how do we listen to our bodies? Well, the first thing we have to do is pay attention and notice how we're numbing them. And, you know, I, for many, many years, I numbed myself with alcohol and drugs. And then after I got sober, You know, a few years into it, then I numbed myself with with religion um, or maybe with shopping and with trying to, you know, be like this super successful person in the field that I was in, criminal justice or whatever. And so these things aren't all bad. They're all part of the journey. And what we're doing here is, is the humans. But can I notice how I'm numbing so that I'm able to feel my body? If I'm on Instagram for five hours straight, I'm definitely numbing out definitely even sometimes for 20 minutes i mean i have to put a timer on that motherfucker because i'll be on there i'll be on there without really paying attention so bringing it back to um how do i listen to my body we do i think have to have some type of mindful awareness and practices in place so that i can open up my capacity to listen to my body it's not it doesn't happen from one day to the next and so I always any class I teach or or I'm a part of or any class I'm guiding the biggest thing for me has always been self-compassion and self-compassion is key because we are our worst enemies we're constantly talking shit to ourselves we're constantly re-traumatizing ourselves because that's kind of what we learn so we learn that from society we learn that from our culture our parents about how we have to be better and you're not good enough and you know the if you're Mexican, and this might be in other cultures, maybe not just the Mexican one, but the way to deal with shame or 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 even vulnerability is is to make a joke and to make a joke and to laugh at other people. So we're constantly making fun of ourselves, of other people, cracking up, and and it's it's fun once in a while, but it also can be kind of toxic. So if we can have that mindful awareness of oh. That's kind of how my culture has taught me how to deal with this very humane, very human, human need um, to protect myself because it's too intense to be vulnerable. So I call my kid a dork and, you know, or I or I or I make fun of their new haircut or or I'm constantly joking about, you know, self-deprecating jokes or um, just if we can be aware of that. And notice how we do that all the time, not just to others, but to us. There's just one little step, one little step of awareness of how that can also be a type of numbing from me feeling whatever's happening in my body because I don't want to go there. I don't want to be vulnerable. And that's a simple, mindful one, but there's so many more. I mean, our society is constantly using, you know, uh, oh, here's the other word. Here we go. Anesthesia. 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 I wonder how these are going to look because they're upside down on the camera. But anyway, anesthesia, um, it comes from a word, you know, just like you, a person under the effects of an anesthetic drug is referred to as being anesthetized, right? An anesthetic an anesthetic drug, and I want to, you know, to share this because I work with a lot of people that want to go to, on, you know, on these Psychedelic journeys and these mushroom ceremonies to heal trauma, to allow the heart to open, to feel like, you know, to get a quantum leap on, on an experience to, to really help them grieve or be more alive or whatever. Everybody has a different intention, but they're, and it's a lot more open now. Maybe not. In, there's still resistance in a lot of other people, but it is. There is an awakening. It's coming up. Mm-hmm. And the way that um, society is so resistant to um, psychedelics is, is just interesting to me because nobody's resistance to getting working anesthetized. You're depressed, you get the Lexapro. You have pain, you get the Percocet you have more pain you get the fentanyl the percentage of people dying of overdose because of pain medication is insane and the the resistance to allowing other forms of treatment to come through is also also quite insane i mean there there is um there is i would say maybe i don't know I don't know what percentage, like 25% of the people that asked to work with me to come to ceremony in Mexico to help to work with, with um, psychedelics that are on these medicines that are pharmaceuticals. And they may have, their, they may have had their, their place, you know, and certainly if, if you're getting your, your tooth pulled out, yeah, you might want some pain medication to assist with that. Certainly if you're having your appendix taken out, certainly there's a place for that. And there might even be a place for antidepressants for a little bit, but I don't think they work. And I think we all know that they don't in the long run, if you're not doing the work because they don't allow you to feel. And what the, you know, the Niño Santos or the mushrooms do or these ayahuasca, these, these psychedelics do is that they, they help you feel. You have to feel there's no way out. I mean, once you're in the medicine, you might be resisting and having a horrible time. But once you figure out that you need to surrender and hopefully you're in, in good company of somebody guiding you through it, through the experience, somebody who's grounded, somebody who can assist you, somebody who can walk you through allowing these sensations to feel, somebody who has soft and calm and compassionate energy, um, you are going to be feeling some of the things that you've never felt before. And this is a great way to get out of these numbing um, techniques and anesthesia modalities that we're living in in the society. And so, you know, with with a lot of, um, I suppose, curiosity, you know, about what what I'm why I'm numbing myself. It's really it's really it shouldn't be a, a shaming thing. I could already see, you know, after I replied to some of these people. Their mind going, "Oh my God, I'm numbing. I'm horrible. I'm no, no, no. It's a. It's just like addiction. Numbing is, and maybe an appropriate response to your pain. It's an appropriate response to your wound, to the wound that came, whether you were little, whether it was yesterday, whether it was your last relationship, or it. It. It's part of, of being in the in the human experience, right? Our hearts are going to be broken. We're going to be wounded. But our heart has the capacity in our body to recover. This is why this is my, my jam right here, you know, tales of recovery. How do we recover that birthright to feel, to get into the body, somatics, you know, to allow ourselves to um, to you know, I, to heal, I guess would be the word. You know, to heal and the. You know, this is one of the tests that I that I ask. You know, myself too, but also people that I work with. Is how many years have you been trying to do this thing? How many years have you been trying to get clean and sober? How many years have you been trying to? I don't know. You know, lose that extra fifty pounds that are fucking up your knees. I'm not saying you don't want to have. You know, you don't need to be a size zero. But if it's something that is affecting your health, perhaps. How many times have you been like trying to quit smoking? How many years have you been trying to not have these fucked up relationships of men that keep just using you and dumping you or women that, And so if if the answer is well for twenty years, then I would say you're definitely fucking numbing. A hundred and fifty percent. And that we that it's time to you to do some of this work and realize that the anesthesia, um isn't really working anymore. And that, yes, it might be an interesting step to journey into really, really feeling things. One of the, one of my friends said, well, I really, really just enjoy smoking and I really, really just enjoy my food and the way it tastes. And I love it. I'm like, yes, but you also have diabetes and you also have high blood pressure. So, um, What are we, you can eat all the amazing foods that you want, but are you also taking care and tending to your body or are you just eating because you can't feel other things? You're smoking because you don't want to be present. One of my teachers Anne Moxie says, the only reason you eat the whole bag of Doritos is because you're not present. You're not. And when I eat a whole bag of Doritos, which by the way, they have organic gluten-free Doritos now, so they got me, fucking got me, is you know you eat the whole bag and then you're just like oh, okay now my stomach hurts but you were I present no and so this is where the word you know the trauma word comes in again because my reactions were driven by my past trauma which is this is too hard this is too intense right now I don't want to feel this so I'm just gonna go shove my face with Doritos or this is too hard this is too intense I don't want to feel this I'm gonna get really really busy and have fifty thousand dinner parties and I have to clean and I'm going to help this person and help that person. And I'm just going to completely numb myself, giving, pouring out to others and be super duper tired until I get sick and hate everybody. Or this is too unpleasant. So I'm going to go and drink myself to a stupor. And you know, the anesthesia, I think I don't remember where I heard this, but it comes from the word, the root of, I don't remember which teacher I heard this, but um, I'm sure it was in one of the grief talks that I heard. He's talking about how the anesthesia word, you know, the, the person who's anesthetized is under the effects of an anesthetic drug. Anesthetic drug comes from the word aesthetic. Aesthetics. Which we have taken to be some sort of image we've understood is that that is so aesthetically pleasing. And is that an image that I have to give out to the world so that I can be pleasing to you versus the true root of the word aesthetic, which is um, sensitive to something percept, you know, perception or pertaining to a sensory perception. And it derives from the, I perceive and I sense and I learn. So it's a, Really, the root of it is that it should be something that I sense in my body. That I feel so beautiful and that I love, you know, my whatever, my belly or my teeth or my eyebrows or whatever, because I perceive that I'm in this body because this is the body that was given to me and this opportunity to be alive and that it's okay to be in this body and that I love it versus what we typically do, which is, ah, my teeth are crooked. There's too many wrinkles. Ah, my arms are a little flabby. I, my hair isn't, you know, straight enough because we think that the aesthetics need to be from the perspective of outside of what society says in the, in the magazines and in the culture and whatever fads are happening in whatever tribal group you're in, whether or not they're gonna accept you. You know, I see, you know, my kids when they're teenagers or other teenagers or or friends that I hang with, it's like, oh no, oh how was it? Or you know, it's it's all over like I remember I really do remember, you know, being like in a really horrible mood because some of my clothes wouldn't fit or I didn't have the perfect outfit to go out. And literally just like ah! Having this really angry, massive attack of, um, of like a tantrum. And then just noticing it like, whoa, I really just fucking lost my shit just because I don't have, you know, something to wear. What the fuck is that? Hold on a second. Okay. Uh, I had to take a little pause there. So, we're back to the aesthetic part of beauty, which is beauty, which I think and consider to be beauty of the heart. And that in itself is when you begin to listen to your body and to um, dissolve these past wounds and dissolve them. They have to be dissolved through the body, through dancing and through, you know, mushroom journeys. And through rage exercises and grief circles, and through um, mindfulness, being present, and, it, and it's a little bit by little process, but it's with a lot of compassion, it can certainly be done. I know it can be done because, well, I've been doing it for the past freaking twenty five years, and you know we're never we're never done. I know I have a lot of things to continue to grow in and heal, but I, I certainly know. That I'm not fucking numbing out with alcohol and drugs anymore. And, or with shopping or with, you know, hustling and trying to just be number one, be number one. I have, I've come to the conclusion that slow and present and organized, yes, and is so much softer and smoother for my life and for everybody else who's around me. And I, you know, you can still have fierce compassion and and be firm about your choices but also soft about the way you you go about them and trauma work you know when you say well how do i do trauma work well you can work with me of course you can find a somatic experience practitioner you can go to emdr which is there's these are all there's so many different kinds of um of therapies nowadays that that are specifically for working with trauma and psychedelics are a great option And with a person who, like I said before, is grounded and is going to be is also doing their own work. I'm about to start this um, 18 month or your program with compassionate inquiry to be a compassionate inquiry therapist. And one of the things that they require as you're doing this program is that I'm also in therapy because so many triggers can come up and so many things. And and so when you are finding your person to sit with, ask them, hey, what kind of work are you doing to stay grounded? And don't be embarrassed to ask. That's fucking conditioning and trauma. Like you can't ask these things how embarrassing. You can ask whatever you want, especially if you're putting yourselves in the hands of another person for this deep uh, healing and profound experience, which is sitting with the mushrooms or whatever other uh, plant medicine or, or MDMA or whatever it is that you're gonna choose the person's holding your space you can ask them are you in therapy what kind of work have you done what kind of practices do you do and i'm sure you'll probably know the person um and you'll choose them because of their vibe but sometimes people just show showing up to these ceremonies without even knowing what the heck i mean it's happened to me you know go to this one ceremony and well, it's a good thing I was with other friends, you know, because what the fuck were these leaders doing? So it's, it is a sensitive and an important subject to note and to study and identify before you step in there. And also for you to really, I mean, I don't know why people don't want to meditate more. It's really not that complicated. You're checking out on Netflix and Facebook and Instagram for hours a day. So you can take 30 minutes of that and, and just sit with your insight timer and just follow your breath for 30 minutes. You just see how long you can really stand it. Just really get in the body. Eventually it'll become, you'll see how it kind of starts to add up. Right. And eventually, yeah, maybe guided meditations are cool. You can, you can hop onto the mindfulness Mondays. We're starting up again in uh, September or October. I have to check. I think September. And I have a very easy way to teach meditation. I'm sure most people do, but, um, but to sit for 30 minutes a day, is nothing. And it's going to be beautiful for you because it really does help you sit with whatever is going on and come back to the present moment. We don't cultivate that in the society. This society is run, run, go, go. I have a firecracker up my ass and I got to get this shit done. Boom, boom, boom until collapse or until the drink over the pill of the night. And it's not, um, it's not, you know, I don't, I don't consider that as part of being one of our human values. And we can go back to mother earth and human values and, and connection and community connection starts with us connecting with our own self, with our own body. Uh, No more numbing, you know, consider all of the freaking painkillers and pills that everyone's popping and consider who is continuing to tell you to keep taking these. Consider what or who benefits from you continuing to take all these numb out, numbing out medications, numbing out techniques, numbing out um, uh, tools. You know, consider who's benefiting from that. Are you benefiting from? That? I mean it might keep you safe for a little bit from not feeling, but we have to feel we're sentient beings. And little by little, we're we 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 going to have to feel it all eventually, or it's going to make us sick. It's going to make us sick. And, you know, none of this, oh, she's too dramatic, oh, she's too angry, Or oh, she's too that, fuck that. We can go and have spaces where we can allow these emotions, these sensations to come through. And ceremony is certainly one of those. So, you know... If you are interested in a group ceremony, I think there's more or two coming up here in September October, send me a message, let me know. Um, you can let me know what your intention is, why you want to come sit with us in ceremony and um, what you're looking for in this healing. We're also having a Death Cafe retreat, September 25 and 26th. It's not an overnight, but it's all day on Saturday and all day on Sunday. If you are not from San Diego and you need a place to stay, you want to come travel down, let us know. Let me know and we'll find you. I think we have a couple of spaces where we can have you guys spend the night. And uh, that's a retreat about preparing for, I mean, dealing with all of the legal issues about how you want to die and and preparing for you know, having your will and all that stuff in order. Because even though that sounds scary, once you do that and confront that this is a reality, that it's not really a big deal, I mean, we're all gonna die, That's, there's no way out of that. But if you plan and prepare for all that, then you have two opportunities. The first one is to go on about with your life, you've taken care of that, okay, now let's live. The second one, since you're doing all this paperwork and all this stuff, you're really gonna be able to see where you've been numbing. You're really gonna be able to see what you've been really so afraid been so afraid of and this is a beautiful opportunity to step into the work step into the i don't want to be in this anymore because this shit is going to end and so i want to feel and perceive and have this sensitivity and also practice training my body to not just let loose and do whatever but to to take it to, to listen to the messages from the body and also to train it to be, you know, good for me and to take me to the places that I want to go and to be with the people that I want to be with and with an open heart so that I can sense love and receive love and give love without, you know, with healthy, beautiful boundaries, without just, you know, giving it up for the wrong reasons or whatever. So. In the body is where we live. In the body is where we heal. In the body is where we sense things and that this information can come through. So if you're numbing out and you want to stop numbing out, reach out. There's, um, there's hope. There's tools and there's hope and it's not... It's not over till it's over. Thank you for listening to Tales of Recovery. We will see you next time. Oh, please like and subscribe and share it in the whole thing. Bye-bye.